829 steeplechaser, 357 miler, one of my best friends on the team. Give me the Joe intro. Uh, Come on. Wiener dog lover. <laughs> uh, he works out at 24-7 fitness. Um, uh, one more. Uh, boyfriend of Roxanne. Uh, She's lovely. Welcome to the podcast, episode 8. We're going to call it episode 8. That sounds right. Yeah, episode 7 is Drew and Max. All right, let's kick we'll things see. off. Who is your favorite and least favorite runner on the team to work out with and why? That's brutal. Yeah. Let's, Why would let's, I throw somebody under it. the bus like that? All right, we'll do your favorite one then first. Um, favorite person to work out with, or I, maybe why is it me and your least favorite then? No, it's it's too easy to say you. I would probably I'm I'm gonna say Reed's probably my favorite person to work out with. He's got good energy and he's always like ready to go and willing to push a workout. I think also like I'm working out with you a lot in the track and I'm working out with Reed a lot in the roads. Yeah, and I just have. I think when I'm in a, like a good flow state, I have so much more fun working on the roads than I do on the track because the track's just like constant suffering running in a circle. Like maybe it's just a bad mindset, but it's like, this kind of sucks versus like out in the roads. Like, and this is the same with racing too. It's just like, there's just so much like, sounds like you should do a half marathon. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll go do Manchester again, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely a very different kind of relationship in workouts when you're running on the roads and you can kind of get in a rhythm mm-hmm. versus like, you know, every 200 exactly what right. you're doing yeah. versus you can kind of shut off when you're doing like road workouts. And it's funny how, like when we did those like four by two mile repeats with Reed, it's such a different like burn, you know, mm-hmm. where it's kind of this slow, gradual cardio. And I guess that's why it's threshold work and why the track can be just like very grueling. If I know in my case, like if something's off, whether it's like my hips or like I have a tight hamstring or something, you know, about you get it. exposed yeah. really quickly on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's hear it. Reads your favorite. And then who's your least favorite? Like, who's the guy where you're like, ah, one-on-one with like, he's not hitting a single split today. Um, probably Jermaine. Cause he makes fun of me a lot. <laughs> yeah. I figured um, you'd say that. Jermaine's a huge hypocrite because he'll tell me that I go out too hard for my reps. Right. What Say we have to run a 62. I'm probably going out the first 100 and 15, 14, and then cruising a little bit. Like not slamming on the brakes, but just naturally we'll slow down. And he's the first one to let me know, too fast. Yeah. You're running too fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he'll take it out in 13 the next year. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just all over the place. So he's yeah. quite mean to me, <laughs> but it's from a loving place. So. I am um, surprised that you didn't say me just because I think in the past like month, there's been twice during reps where you like yelled at me. You during, yelled at me. And then you've been like, well, well, there was a one time when we were doing like the 1K fast at the end mm-hmm. and you were like controlled fat, because it was supposed to be like the last 400 was supposed to be really mm-hmm. hard. And, and, and you're like, set, par, like Parsons, come on. Like there's something. Well, you, like, ca- kinda... well, catch this. We're supposed to run what to what was the workout? Do you remember? Uh, it was the cut down. So it was like uh, 24, 2K, 1600, 1200, right. and then a hard K. It was like right. a 1200 and then 200 float into a hard K. And we're probably supposed to run like, Joan gave us like 245. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily hard, but like obviously it was just like continually notching it down. And I think you took it out in like 61 right. or something like that. And so right before like, that last 400, I was I wasn't yelling at you. I was just reminding you, like, hey, by the way, just in case if you forgot what we're supposed to do, like we're supposed yeah. to like run the last 400 hard. Right. That was meant as like a hey, just helping you out, just in case yeah. if you don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I coach, because coach did pull me aside before that rep and told me like I can get after it. Yeah, you know, which like 
I should have said to the It would have been nice if the whole yeah. group had known that because yeah. we're just being towed along and I'm like, yeah. we're running too fast, but I'm not getting dropped right now. Yeah, I got to really just like sit in the back for that workout basically the entire time up mm. until that case. So I was kind of... Yeah, that must be nice. Really uh, just waiting to take off on mm. that one. Yeah, the glory rep. Yeah, I guess for me, it would probably be... I know Reed's a great one. Um, I do really like working out with you. Um, I feel like me and you do have... We'll probably be linked up a ton um, in this outdoor build. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I guess of late, uh, it's really been pissing me off how Brian's been showing up. Like, still is like a super shoe, like, hater. Or, like, (laughs) thinks that he still shouldn't show up with, like, super shoes on and Mm -hmm. he'll wear flats. Yeah. And then just evidently, like, lo and behold, he'll start struggling Mm -hmm. because he's not wearing the super shoes. So... Uh, that's been a little pet peeve of mine. To, to um, be devil's advocate, though, I will admit that last year, so, so this was maybe a year and a half ago in the fall buildup before I had a big race at 5K Champs where I got seventh, mm-hmm. I got fifth at Manchester, and then fourth at the annual uh, Sound Running Cross Champs. So Sorry, most I prestig- all that in your uh, The most prestigious resume. of races, <laughs> fourth place um, behind Jermaine, which irked me to no end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was wearing trainers for a majority of my workouts and really? it really like set me in a good place where like the second I put on Adios Pro 2s, which was the super shoe at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, I like feel like I'm flying right yeah. now. So it was a bit of like a mental thing. Right. And I, he, I don't know if that's what he's trying to do, Yeah. but like I got dropped in workouts all the time back yeah. then. So that's like kind of the, I don't, I remember when I was in college, that's like what Syracuse did. Mm-hmm. Like Syracuse was like known for keeping trainers on all the time. Like coach Fox, that's what shout out Philo Germano. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Philo Germano. Exactly. Um, so th- I definitely think there's something to that. Like, you know, uh, but I also think now we're just in an era of running and working out where like, the level is so high mm-hmm. and the amount of volume that people are doing is like, it's almost a necessity now yeah. to be wearing super shoes to stay healthier. Um, and in order to like handle the volume, like yeah. I feel like goose the other day, like we had a long run tempo scheduled. Uh, yes, it was yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you didn't show up to, but, uh, did you show up to it? I did. Yeah. Did you run? Did you I, run? I ran like 40 minutes. Oh, today was my yeah. first day of running. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like I got off the flight and I just like needed to get fresh air, you mm-hmm. know, and just I like wanted to like get back on schedule and not just like be jet lagged mm-hmm. and feel like shitty. So I didn't uh, leave my room for three days. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was that it was rough? Great. No, it wasn't rough. <laughs> I just didn't feel like moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, but yeah, Goose wore super shoes the whole time mm-hmm. and he like finished the long run and you know the long run that coach hunter loves to give us is like 30 minutes um kind of regular pace you know anywhere between seven minute pace to six thirty pace and then 30 minutes um at moderate so like six minute pace to like five forty five, and then the last 30 minutes um kind of at like a more tempo 520 if you're feeling great 510 um kind of workout and he wore super shoes for the whole thing and like audio threes yeah Audio Pro threes. You think okay. you think that's too much? Whack. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. That's how Reed screwed up his foot. No, I feel like Reed before did New that. York he did twenty two miles in the auto in the twos. Really? And his foot flared up. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's just too well, much. Well, saves if you his legs. He saves his legs. Yeah. Is I guess was my point saying it, like bringing that up. Um. Yeah. So super shoe debate still uh, alive and well. Yeah, up in the air <laughs> to be determined. I just can't ever imagine a time period now where I would be like. Yeah, let me let me put on not a super shoe. 
I can see if you want to hold yourself back. Yeah. It might be worth it. I get it for, like, a long run. Mm -hmm. Like, for those long runs, like, yeah, I probably would only put on, like, a Boston or, like, kind of, like, a pseudo-trainer, super shoe kind of hybrid. Like, I get that. Um, So, yeah, there's something to be said about that. All right, well, let's jump into it. Um, You're just coming off a full winter season. You ran the U.S. Cross Country Championship, so you were 13th place. Uh, Let's kick it off there. What was that experience like? Uh, What was the mindset to say, I'm going to do cross country instead of you know, doing what most people did and go start chasing really fast indoor times right off the bat. Yeah. I think I was a bit like disappointed about how last year's results came up, especially going into steeplechase. And I really, meaning f- what, 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 what was, the I just felt like I results? should have run so much faster than 829. Like I came off of 833 the year before. And I feel like I was, I, I feel like I should be running low 820s at this point, to be quite honest. And I, I mean, I ran 829 and that was kind of it, you know, and I didn't make the U.S. final, which was incredibly disappointing. And um, I just feel like I should be there by now. And so the approach last year was like, let's run fast 3Ks, get ready for U.S. indoors, and that will prime us for outdoors. And to be honest, I just felt like a non-factor racing outdoors last year, especially in the steeplechase. And I kind of attribute that to like maybe a lack of strength. Um, my hurdling was great, so I don't think I had too many problems there. Or at least it's it was it was decent enough to where if I was strong, like I should be efficient over those barriers. And yeah, I mean, you certainly in the races that I watched of you doing the steeplechases, you know, you're not like losing steps. You know, mm-hmm. like there's some guys where it's like you see them go over barrier right. and then they have to like surge again for sure. You yeah. know, and there's definitely a difference. I, with I was just slowing. I was just slowing down during the race, and I attributed that to a lack of strength. And so this year, I really wanted to prolong the fall training as long as I could just because I felt like that threshold type stuff was really good for me considering my results at Manchester 5k champs and mm-hmm. um the sound crossed me in 2021 so uh basically like I just wanted to run as much as I could going into one race or going into a couple of races um with as much like base work under me and hopefully that transitions right. to being just stronger over the steeplechase this year which I think I did mm-hmm. um I really do think I achieved that um, running, you know, anywhere from like 95 to 105 mile weeks was really productive for me. And, um, just feeling like I was on top of the world doing it. So going into us cross, it was like, let's see if we can make a world team, you know, like as crazy as that sounds, considering my past, I felt like I was finally strong enough to go out there and compete and try and do it. And so, and I had a, a pretty big chip on my shoulder going into it. So that was the goal. You know, what was the chip? Uh, what do you mean? Just like, like where did that chip come from? Like, why was there a chip on your shoulder? I think I take a lot of confidence. I, I take a lot of confidence in like my preparation. So I felt like I was working harder than I ever had before running in the weight room, just small things. I felt like I had been doing so much that I couldn't help but think that like I was preparing myself well for it, you know? Um, and I think that's like kind of the key to my success is like the more I can take uh, confidence in my preparation, the better I am so that, you know, if I can handle the higher mileage, if I can handle lifting more and maybe lifting a bit heavier, if I can handle these certain things then I should probably do it because it's going to help my mind just as much as it's going to help my body. For sure. I definitely think that you set the tone in terms of like, who's working the hardest on the team this winter season. Mm-hmm. And kind of at the start of this year, uh, like you said, you know, you were clicking off like 9,500 mile weeks, mm-hmm. like more consistently than anyone else. Like, I mean, unless you were sick, like you didn't miss a single double, you Mm -hmm. know, like, 
I don't think that you were ever skipping any of the, your weight room sessions, you know, I might've missed one or two, but sure. <laughs> um, as, as, as we all do like yeah. push it a day or something when you're not feeling hundred percent, but like, I definitely felt that. And I definitely wanted to match your work ethic. Mm-hmm. So like, I thank you for that hundred percent. Um, so like that sort of work ethic, and then you go into these next, and then you have this amazing base. Everything's clicking, you know, U.S. cross, you run great. You put yourself in that pack. Mm-hmm. Um, you fell off in the last 2K. I feel like a lot of that is just experience, you know, like those guys up front just have an immense amount of talent, you know, and it's For just sure. like, it's going to come with more time and more preparation. And I think that like something that I think that you didn't have going into that race uh, two things I'd say is like, I felt like you didn't do a lot really on grass ahead of that right. race, you yeah. know? And then two, I felt like you didn't do a ton of like VO two max stuff mm-hmm. and like VO two max work is such different than threshold work when it comes time to really race Absolutely, and yeah. really have that last K or two K mm-hmm. and really be able to like last where it's like the threshold is going to be that base. That's going to get you through kind of the beginning and take you through the race mm-hmm. in the bulk of it. But when the going gets tough and you really have to then kind of go into those next years, yeah, that's kind of what I feel like is the thing that you never really touched on. And I think none of us really hit on it that mm-hmm. hard this indoor season. And I think that's kind of why as a team, as a whole, our results were a little more lackluster than I think any of us would have really liked. Yeah. Um, but I think that also comes with like Coach Hunter's master plan of like, yes, February is great to run fast and right. build confidence. But at the end of the day, if we're not running well in June and July, uh, sorry, if, if you do run good in June and July, no one remembers yeah, unless you no, want a medal, you know, yeah. in indoor season, if, even if you did win a medal, people yeah. forget, you know, like how many people know who was on the world U S indoor team last year, you know, like I before last year. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, everything. I, was at the, you, I, was, I mean, you, you, yeah. you bought a city, you're, you're the guy that bought the city mag shirt and the NJNY hat. I won't tell you how many city mag shirts I bought. When there I was you go. In college. I know, dude, we're, we are definitely, uh, I think both of us are pretty OG city mag. Yeah. Uh, supporters and that was something that i remember when city smack first did come out like i was so excited yeah, was that great. there was a new like running that there was something outlet yeah. out there you know like outside of it that was like more niche and more like catered to like mm-hmm. what we were doing for sure you know yeah. um but as i was saying with that big build up then you go and run 1339 in the 5k 38 38 <laughs> uh which was an 11 second pb for you mm-hmm. but still far from what you know you wanted to i know you talked to me beforehand and you really wanted to run um sub 13 30 you know mm-hmm. like i think the goal was to be in those 13 20s like all the training leading up to it and i think as i've found over the years is like 5ks are unforgivable mm-hmm. and it's something where you really have to be firing on all cylinders in order to really do what you want to do in a 5k and 5Ks, I think, are also the events where everyone thinks they can, like, nail it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Where it's, like, I feel like in, co- like, college kids, everyone just feels like they can just walk up to the line and the 13, sub-1330 race or a sub, sub-14 sub race yeah. for wh- whoever we may be talking to um, is just going to, like, happen yeah. because you ran a good mile or because you ran a good cross season, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Where a lot of the times you fall short. Like, tell me about that race and that kind of feeling of, like, yes, I took this big step forward. Uh, but it's still not quite where I want to be. Yeah, it was, I think a lot of it had to do with my mentality about the idea of running a 5k. And as you said, it is unforgiving, like where 
or yeah, you said, un- you said unforgivable. Yeah, unforgivable. unforgivable. I hate that event. <laughs> it's unforgiving because unforgiving. Yeah, because it's such like a rhythm type race. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to run sub thirteen thirty, you know, especially in my position, like I just feel like sometimes I'm running with like a hand tied behind my back, sure. with like. Mm-hmm you know whether it's talent or maybe just like like not as much experience within these faster races but everybody thinks that you can just like find a rhythm and in reality it just feels like a, it feels like a 3k and you just got to keep going well you know? indoors specifically it's like kind of i know there's been times in a ton of indoor races i've experienced where it's just like accelerating yeah. like every straight just right. feels like you're accelerating yeah, for sure you know? absolutely and that's how that's exactly how it felt and i really did go in there thinking like okay i can you know, it's not going to feel great, but I can go out there and I can run 64, 65s mm-hmm. with the same kind of discomfort that I would feel near the end of a track workout out at Niwa, you know, and the first lap was like maybe a 65, 66 for me. And it felt like I was sprinting, you know? Really? Yeah. It felt terrible. Yeah. And, and I think that comes back to what I'm talking about. It's like, we didn't hit that, that yeah. much. You know what I mean? Like how many times in practice did you actually run faster than 440 pace? But you know, you know, I, you know, maybe it's different, but I keep going back to like, I mean, like that 5k champs in that Manchester race were like some of like my best races because, Mm. and maybe club cross out in San Francisco too, because it did felt, feel like I was like only working on threshold effort and I was running for, you know, 420 to 425 miles without a problem. You know, it's just like, granted it did feel fast. It did feel a little bit out of control, but like my, maybe my mind was just at ease that like this was that I just accepted that that was the pace and that's what I was going to do. Maybe I was just running with, a bigger chip on my shoulder or something like that. But, or maybe I just didn't expect that it was, maybe I just knew it was going to be hard regardless, but you know, like I, I just ran so much faster at these like road races, which yeah, are supposed to be, that are supposed to be slower off of like, you know, not breaking five minutes for a threshold mile all fall. Yeah. And so it's just like going into this race and like doing this kind of like this kind of high volume work. You think that kind of takes care of it, but you are right. There is some rhythm that needs to be in there. And it's just difficult when you go into a race thinking like, all right, I can probably feel pretty comfortable at least through like, you know, the first couple K and then at this point you start moving up a little bit and then you can, you know, that last K you can start like really going to work when you can't even go to work on the first K it's defeating, you know? And for me, like, I guess maybe I have like a little bit more of a hindrance on an indoor track in general, just because we didn't race indoors in college. Like we race at UW a couple of times, but Mm -hmm. 200 meter bank tracks are like my kryptonite at this point. (laughs) Like I never feel good on them. I hope to feel good on them one day. Like if I want a full indoor season, I need to like do two or three before I go for the big one. Right. So it's interesting how you see some people smash indoor season Mm -hmm. and then never quite get it in outdoor season. You know, it's like some people are really good on the indoor track, you know, where they don't have to deal with wind or elements or, you know, like weather, you know, there's different types of runners for everything, you know, like they're like, depending on how you run, it can be a greater effect on the body. Like I know that in my indoor races this year, like I came off the indoor track too. And like, my body would be like pretty wrecked after mm-hmm. these races, you yeah. know? And it was like, it took longer than it should have to recover after every mm-hmm. single indoor race I ran this yeah. whole season. And I don't know if that was a lack of just having spikes on or whatever it may be. Like the fitness was obviously there, but the body still wasn't completely like fresh, uh, as I would have thought coming off those races. And I guess it is just, uh, coming off like a hiatus, period and then having to then get back into those high caliber races but uh last but not least uh or i guess last and least um was, very much the least yeah is coming off this 10k sound running 
you were really excited about this one, I know. Uh, the 5K indoors, it was, was, it was. Uh, right. Yeah, I agree. Nailed it. It uh, was, Sorry, was, still a little was. jet-lagged uh, from my travels. Uh, 10K at sound running, 29-13. Really rough day. Mm-hmm. Did not get any 29-12. 20, was it 29-12? Why? Did I you, ran 29-13 at I, I asked these questions right before we started this podcast. I think you're jet-lagged, I got lagged, both dude. of them off. Put some respect on that twenty nine twelve. Yeah, so twenty nine twelve, way off um, from what you wanted to be and the level of runner that you mm-hmm. expect from yourself. Uh, and I guess I just wanted to like dive into it, where it's like you were nailing the build up, like we mm-hmm. said, like ninety five hundred mile, doing everything right, nailing everything, doing everything you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. getting to bed on time, all that good stuff, eating right, and then you still have an awful day yeah that's just awful an top, awful feeling top three you know? worst races i've ever had and it's just like how do you deal with that sort of disappointment because certainly everyone and i'm sure everyone listening has had that same sort of experience at some point in their running career yeah where everything's going right you think it's going to be your day and it's just not yeah well i think ultimately the reason why like it was such an awful awful day was because like i had a blister develop on my yeah. foot around 3k in and it was on the like my left foot, and it just felt like I was kind of running with like a peg leg yeah. throughout like the whole like last seven k, which sucked. Um, yeah, it's a long, it's a long time. It's a long to, way. Yeah, and that feel good. <laughs> it, def- it definitely like took me out of my like rhythm. But to be honest, I wasn't really the most disappointing part was I wasn't really in much of a rhythm in the first place. It was like that five k in Chicago, where running a sixty six to a sixty eight just kind of felt like too quick you know and maybe that was me getting my own head of just like not accepting that it's gonna feel like a rat race the whole time because again like five like in my head like 10k is just like a little bit slower like version of the 5k where it's like you're just in this rhythm and you're just flowing and you're just like zoning out but like i just could not do that from the start and that was really difficult for me and it just started falling apart more and more as things kept popping up and then eventually you know i'm like basically fighting for second to last place and it's just like well this sucks so Mm -hmm. um so but how do you deal with that you know like mentally where were you at after the race like you obviously were incredibly dejected yeah um i think how do you get back going like we have a whole outdoor season to get after now you have big steeplechases you want to run like how do you switch it back on yeah don't get me don't get me wrong in the in the moment it's like incredibly embarrassing to like run that kind of race in front of like there was a huge crowd sound running did an excellent job yeah and like putting on that event which which was great like the the fast heat of the 10k was awesome like i was cooling down on the infield to watch my friends were there from california from santa clara and it was super embarrassing to like walk off that track like i even like forgot to like say hi to them after the race that's how much it sucked you know um like i was just totally like enveloped in like my own sorrow um I think I took a bit of a Jermaine approach right after the race where I just started made, making fun of myself a bunch because all I could do really was just like try and laugh about it because I knew it wasn't indicative of anything that I had done the past, mm-hmm. let's say five months, you know, um, I was talking about this with, with Teller yesterday. I looked it up on Strava, uh, since I think I started training September 26 for essentially for us cross, but we extended it to the, to the 10, what, three or four weeks later, five weeks later. In the 22 weeks that I ran, I missed two days, one from food poisoning, one from illness, both easy days. So shout out Chipotle, shout out Chipotle for giving me food poisoning. Shout out to those Boulder cooks. The one on 28th street. I'm never coming back. (laughs) You have, you have lost my business. (laughs) It is a crazy concept. Like everyone eats at Chipotle and it's like, just like high school kids, just like cooking up meat, you know, meat for you that probably learned like a week ago. And you know, we just have, we just have full faith. I ate it and I felt bad immediately. It ruined me. It ruined me, but I only missed one day because of it. So 
you know, let's say like I miss like 30 miles total, sure. like from like going easier the next day. Um, I ran 1,996 miles in mm-hmm. like those 22 weeks. So I averaged 90 miles a week for 22 weeks. Yeah. Like that does, that does not go to waste. You know, like you have to like take into account that like all the work that you did, like doesn't always have to like accumulate just to this one day. Like I'm not a marathoner. I'm going to race again. And you know, at this point in Mar- uh, May 6th, so in a, you know, seven or eight weeks, like I'm going to race again pretty soon. Like none of that is going, has gone to waste. Like I'm still a much better runner than I was 22 weeks ago. I'm a much better runner than I was last year. Like I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've done out like on my workouts on the track. Like I know what I'm like capable of doing in a race on the track. Like the chip in the shoulder is still there. Granted, I got like roundhouse kicked in the jaw <laughs> a couple of times and, um, so that's the advice is then yeah you just take stay com- true and know that it's there St- like stick the like stay confident that like what you did wasn't all for nothing just mm-hmm. because one race didn't go well and to be honest like the mm-hmm. whole reason why again like what we talked about the whole reason why I did cross the whole reason why I wanted to do the ten was I just wanted to keep extending that idea that I can convince Joan that I can run 105 miles a week and yeah. she won't bat an eye about it you know yeah. like that we can keep <laughs> doing a lot of threshold training and that she. What, that was going to be the race plan or sorry, the training plan that she was going to set mm-hmm. out for me. High volume, high mileage workouts, lots of training, heavy weights in the gym. Like, I don't think I'm like necessarily more tired because of it. I don't think it's like hindered my racing. Obviously I had a bad one and I just got to like throw it away. Granted, I'm not going to forget about it. Like the last thing I want to do is like, forget about that race. I think that's the you worst know? thing you can do after a bad race. And I feel like it's the easiest thing that people want to do after a bad race is just yeah. shove it down, no. forget about it. And just, like just forget that that's the type of runner you no, are in I know, the moment. Yeah. You know, it's like the people that do that are the people that don't grow. They're the people that are not willing to accept failure. You know, yeah. it's like if you fail, let's let's call it failure for it a second. Failure, yeah. You know, um, and just n- don't reflect and say, okay, what could I have done better? You mm-hmm. know, like what should I have done better? You know, and like there wasn't a lot for you mm-hmm. that you could have done better in, the in your up. preparation. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot. It's not like you did something stupid where all of a sudden you tried to, you know, rip 200 right, and 26 yeah. or yeah. 25 that right. you hadn't done for weeks. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you did everything right, you know, but you still got to reflect to say, okay, like what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it is there. Like, I feel like the thing that, and I don't know if this is just kind of like my aggressive nature when it comes to training, but it's like, I just see everyone else doing it on Strava where it's like, Look at the end of the day, you gotta run race pace sometimes mm-hmm. to get ready for the race. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be like sixty fives if that's what you wanna run for, you know, to ten K or five K or whatever. Like you better be comfortable running sixty fives right. in mm-hmm. practice. Like you better be yeah. able to run four twenty mile and make it feel good eventually. Right. Yeah. You know? For sure. I and agree. and run a few more. Like I feel like and obviously Klecker is in, you know, unchartered territory when it comes to like point zero zero one percent of like the best guys in the sport right now and it's like before his 10k he ran a three by mile workout that he said i remember him texting me saying it was like oh it's a really easy workout yeah you know like 425 420 413 exactly you know what i mean and it was like he's running race pace like Mm -hmm. it's nothing right you know going into the race um so i definitely think that is what i look at when i'm reflecting for you where i'm like you still have so much for sure growth yeah. there where it's like once you start running race pace stuff and once it's time to do that mm-hmm. now that you have that huge base that breakout 
all that, you know, accumulation of fitness is all going to show for sure. Yeah. You know, in and a big way. And that's why I'm not worried. It's like, and maybe you got away with it on the roads with just doing threshold. For sure. But I yeah. don't think you get away with it on the track, which is why I should be a road runner. Is yeah. what we're getting at. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I would agree with you pretty much the whole way. Um, yeah. So I'm just, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just looking. <laughs> Sorry. I just am befuddled over my words right now, if that's yeah. the right term, but, um, something that I've it. always, something that I've always admired about you, Joey, is your resiliency. Wow. And it's like what we've just kind of talked about where it's like, there has been so many times in this, like, since, since you showed up here, um, to where you're at now where mm-hmm. like it could have been so easy to say all right I gave it a go mm-hmm. I gave pro running a chance like time for me to move on yeah and there's something that uh, you said to me and I think I brought it up in an earlier podcast also or maybe on a run that you told me very early on when you first joined Tim Elite was like you know like I might not have the talent I might not have you know all these intangibles that maybe an NCAA All-American has mm-hmm. coming out of college. Yeah. Um, but what I do have is I have resiliency and I will outlast them, yeah. you know, and, 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 and man, did you mean it you Yeah. Know? now four years later and you're still, you know, chipping away mm-hmm. at this dream. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's something that's so admirable and it's so easy for people in the sport just to bow out when things aren't going their way mm-hmm. to bow out when they have a year of, um, lukewarm performances where they don't have that spark you've kept going through all of that yeah how uh i think at this point it's just like well at first it was really the idea that i could just like keep chipping away and that a breakthrough was going to come at some point and granted like yes breakthroughs have come through um but as i keep going and as i keep improving like i just want more and i think i'm just like too stubborn at this point to quit and it's like it's great you know in the past couple of years because there have been way more good races and bad races i feel like the first two years it was like bad race bad race bad race you know like it was just me getting my ass kicked constantly it was super embarrassing it was like i did felt like like nobody respected me at all granted a lot of it mainly just from insecurity that like i didn't really even like respect myself in the sport and at this point like now i feel like i'm a little bit more of like a veteran so to speak like i'm not always in those like big time races not even like the domestic races like i'm not always in the first heat but i feel like i just like have established myself as someone that should be competing at this point and i think i've hung on to that as like okay you've made a step up from like constantly like getting your ass kicked in heat two to like now you're like in the fast seat of these races and like you're showing that you can compete you know you have like i feel like i have these like little sparks of brilliance or excellence that like just kind of keep me coming back you know like for example you dub 3k last year was like that little spark of brilliance that like i can keep up with some of these guys if i like show up to the race in shape with a good mentality and like just kind of keep my head straight you know because that's been a big problem the past you know four years is like keeping my head straight in some of these races so um really it's just stubbornness at the end of the day like i'm almost going to turn 28 in like four (laughs) months and it's like i should be retiring by this point like i've seen too many good guys like you know go move on to other aspects of their life but I don't think I like would rather be doing anything else at this point. Like I just want to keep running and seeing where that ceiling is. Like mm-hmm. obviously I don't want to be like in my mid thirties, like still trying to see where my ceiling is and not yeah. making the Olympics, you know, <laughs> right. like at some point, like it's got to end, but like, you know, I, I, I told this to, uh, I think I told this to Austin the other day where, or maybe it was Joan, it was somebody, uh, where 
they were like, do you see yourself moving up like to the 10 K? Like say you have a really good race. Do you see yourself moving up to the 10 K? And I said, no, like, Oh, was, I was talking to Roxanne about it. My, my <laughs> lovely girlfriend. Yeah. She's like, do you see yourself moving up? And I said, no, like, to be honest, like, yeah, I think I could run 2750 right now, which is like, what, like top 25, top 50 Americans all time. Like yeah. I ran 955 for a two mile in high school. Like what made you, like what made anybody think that I can run 2750 at this point and be yeah. in the top, whatever of anything. Right. Uh, and I said, that would be great. But to be honest, that's not going to be competitive on the world stage. I don't think I could be competitive in the 10 K at the world stage. I do think I could be competitive in the steeplechase in the world stage. Like I will like take that to my grave that like, I think I could like compete with some of the best in the world. Maybe I'm not fighting for medals to be quite honest. Like that's ambitious to think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I do think I can compete to be in the top three in the U S and like, I will like, I will ride that out until I find out, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, some of the older guys are, you know, on their way out. There are young guys that are just as good, if not better than some of those older guys. But I know uh, experience in that event is very crucial and very important. And I'm going to be doing it for quite some time, mm-hmm. to be to be honest. And um, I, I want to be one of the best in the country. So that's probably why. Like, I, I just, like, have this, like, for absolutely no reason, belief that, like, I could be one of the best in the U.S. in the steeplechase. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, that's always something that... Um you know, you've had that about yourself, like where it's like, even though like, uh, even though things like, yeah, you just came off twenty nine thirteen, mm-hmm. and you can still sit here three, four days later and say that like, you think you can be one of the best in the U S and that's like yeah. such an admirable point of like confidence and self-belief that like, if more people had that, there would be so many more people, like if so many more people had that sort of mindset and mentality, they would probably make those teams you know what i mean like they probably would like make it through an injury Mm -hmm. and then get back to that same level of swagger yeah so it is crazy and i think about it too all the time where i'm like man like how many guys that i graduated with in college are actually like still full gas Mm -hmm. you know where it's like i think about like okay like cesarek craig nowak craig ingles Mm -hmm. me it's like the list is so is getting so small right yeah you know like it is such a young man's game um, so it is something that like, yeah. you lose sight of it really quickly to, to bring up that point. Like I just watched the full swing documentary on Netflix and they were interviewing, they were interviewing some, somebody, I think it was Dustin Johnson. And he was like, yeah, I started my pro career in like 2007 or something like that. Right. I'm like this guy is still going. Like, could you imagine like if people had like the financial stability to run for 10 to 15 years, like Jagger yeah, in that new gen video is like, I'm in my 15th year of running yeah. professionally. It's like. Dog, if like some people had that kind of like a like mental bandwidth, b the financial support to keep doing that, we would have some like world beaters. Yeah. Because like the U.S. is like obviously like very good at distance running. We just like don't always have like that kind of like that infrastructure to like keep a kid out of college to keep running to keep a really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, out you of haven't gotten a running. penny from USATF, you know, for like you don't know fun- that. <laughs> from, from from like a funding standpoint. You no, know? I haven't. Like yeah. USATF gives like it's a rich get richer type mm-hmm. of thing where it's like if you are top five, then you might get like twenty thousand dollars or something. Some you health know? insurance, so and then you like, get the grants yeah, in totally. the summer, which like yeah. I mean. Granted, that's what keeps those people in the sport. Like, it's very important because mm-hmm. we can't expect that everybody's made out of money, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but it definitely would help that some of these, like, young up-and-comers, like, say you get top 10 at NCAs, and all of a sudden you get, like, a $1,200 stipend per month to keep running for a year. And then after that, if you don't have a contract or if you don't have something in place, then they take next steps, you mm-hmm. know. But, yeah, it really is, like, I feel like it's 
what what I've done is no different than like what a lot of us on this team have done. Like what makes you think that you could have been top 10 at indoor Europeans, you know, Mm -hmm. European indoors, European outdoors. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you've gotten to a level that like you've, you've like ascended beyond what expectations were for you out of college. Like you were a almost what almost all American 10 K runner, almost all American cross country runner. What makes you think that you could like, even think about competing for a medal indoors. Like, how do you go into that? Like, what gets you to that level? Yeah. Like, serious question. Like, what what do you think yeah. has gotten you um, I'd love to know so I can apply <laughs> it to myself. <laughs> so I can actually start racing well. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly, like, the resiliency aspect um, where it's like, yeah, like, during, like, after I made it to Worlds in 2019, like, I still felt like that was a ton of, like, imposter syndrome being there that first year and then coming off that with like an Achilles problem for then seemingly like two years, like it would have been really easy for me Mm -hmm. to like bow out during some, at some point during that period to be like, Oh yeah, I did exceed all expectations. I made Mm -hmm. a world team, you know, like, like it's like, I like, yeah, I was like later, I was like 42nd twice in the cross country. And that was my like one big dream and goal Yeah, is like, can I be an all American in college? Like that was it, you Mm -hmm. know, for sure. Um, but I think it is the type of thing where it's like, it is so important to constantly be like reshaping and reforming your expectations and like forgetting about that runner you used to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like it is so important to reflect and cherish For how sure. far you've came. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to bury it. Yeah. You know, because, I agree. because if you keep holding that on, like if I went into any of the races I did this indoor season, whether it was like the BU race or Milrose games or European championships. And I was like, man, I was, I was an, I was a 10 K runner in college, yeah. you know, getting my getting dropped, you know, mm-hmm. like, and just scraping for that second team right. all American spot. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have, I would have competed pretty bad. Yeah, like, you know, sure. I would have done much worse than that because I would have just been happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that's been a huge secret. I'd say is like, you need to forget that you're like, Bad, that, that, that like that used where to be you like were, not as good. you know yeah and uh and it comes with just like i think a ton of uh learning you know like i think that i've been such a sponge the past year when it comes to like what other people are doing mm-hmm. and like being aware of like the rising tide mm-hmm. in the sport and i'm so grateful that i get to be a part of this running renaissance right now mm-hmm. where the times and the expectations and everything is so high right you know like even even milrose this year you know like i was eighth place and I was very upset after the race because I didn't have the gears the last 200 meters right. to like go with uh Jordy Beamish and Dylan Jacobs mm-hmm. you know um who yeah who are both amazing runners um but that that's my expectation and I'm like those are like so Dylan Jacobs he's a blue chip recruit you know like a lister mm-hmm. footlocker did he win footlocker or top Probably. three at footlocker yeah. Um, you know, like he's bonafide professional contract coming up. Um, Jordy and Sibley all American a mile. Like, yeah, these guys should blow my doors off last 200 meters to go, but there's still that kind of like expectation that I put on myself and that expectation takes me so far. But also like the learning aspect to this is so important, you know, where it's like you look at what other people do and say like, okay, like this isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like what I was doing in 2019, um, where we were doing, you know, six by three minutes and then six by 30 second yeah. hills and then calling it a day right. is nowhere near enough, 
you know, mm-hmm. to like run at the next level. And you really do have to push the envelope. And that's a scary thing to push the yeah. envelope because it does give you close to injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I think those two aspects, I would say, were like the biggest keys mm-hmm. where it's like you learning from what other people are doing and um, whatever the, the first thing I said was. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Let's talk I about. To. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't listening the entire time. <laughs> Whoever's listening can go back and right. listen to what I said again. Uh, Somebody timestamp that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let's change gears into outdoor season now. Um, we have a little altitude training camp coming up where where, yeah. where me and you are going to go up to <laughs> where we're going to go up to got ne- swindled into that one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go up to Nederland um, for a month in April. Uh, and train hard, be focused, you know, kind of do the flagstaff, if you will, Mm -hmm. drive down the mountain, do workouts down at uh, Niwot High School. Um, Yeah, talk to me about your outdoor season. Um, You kind of already touched on it a little bit where you really wanted to build this big strength so you can hit these steeplechases Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. What do you have in store? What races are you doing? You know, like, what's the approach? Yeah, it's weird. This outdoor, as we know, this outdoor season is weird where – for for the Americans, there's a lot. Of, there's a couple of races in May and early June, like the first week of June, and after that, there's no meets in June, which yeah. is so strange because USA's is July starts July sixth, I think. So yeah, it's like Portland Track Fest June third. Mm-hmm, same with Nashville, like, Music City, mm, and then after that, it. there's nothing. You know, yeah. so I have two races on the schedule right now. It's the um, sound meet, sound running, May 6th, and then the USATF Distance Classic, May 26th. Did you see the sound race in May 6th? Kind of announced all the yeah, festivities we're, and we're, stuff? Yeah, we're the main performance. I don't know if you know this, but we're what? going we're going into entertainment now oh, to, to oh, help fund Oh, we're going to get on stage. Yeah, and, we're going to uh, get on stage and do the whole we're thing. The band, we're, Tim, we're Tim the band. Uh, Tim Man Band. We're going to do the... We have the, the drum <laughs> from the Tim Man Tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are the... Inter- have you seen at Semi-Pro? Where they did and a we also have half-time. a drink with everyone, too. Yeah. They, with, they, they, they saw us in our heydays. You know, I have a good joke. Pretty good hey, beer die players. Hey, stop interrupting me. I have a good joke. You know, in semi pro where they're also the halftime entertainment. That's right. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna dress up in the little shrimp and giraffe costumes and do the little dance. In the floor oh man, the that's, track. that's how we actually get free entry into these races. Yeah, that's, that's how, how I like, get. We don't. We can't. We can't afford to pay this fifty dollars entry fee. Oh, I still pay the fee. That's how I get in the meet in the first place. <laughs> well, Ray just sends me back an invoice, right. so I also have to pay it. Like I thought that was gonna be like a perk of having an agent, where right. they would at least hey, cover like nope, race expenses. <laughs> too real. Um, no, so two races, May 6th and May 26th, both steeplechases. So I'm kind of like, I still don't have a U.S. standard, as I have never had, mm-hmm. minus an indoor meet. What um, is it this year for steeple? They haven't even come out with it yet. Perfect. So Way as, go, as, as we have expected. So I'm assuming it's going to be probably 825, I would say. So if I, if I run anywhere around 825, like I'm in, I honestly think 829 will get me in. But I, you know, obviously want, the goal this year is to run under 820. Like, I think, again, like, I think I have such a huge base under me. I think my approach this year with doing my hurdle drills, my hurdle routine, ritual, whatever, as well as what, you know, I haven't talked to Joan yet about working out, but like, really, I want it to be like more of a 5k like type of approach to working out. So doing a lot of workouts with you, I feel like Mm -hmm. those really clicked and resonated with me last year where I felt just super fit like between the hurdles going out you know. 61 for k's it's going to be beautiful it'll be nice <laughs> in reality i talked to uh i talk, i told you this already but i think it's important i think it's kind of cool to share that i talked to danny lopez at usa's last year right who was a olympic steeplechaser in his own right and i was like what did you do for workouts if you're the only steeplechaser in your group like or if you're just working out with other guys he yeah. said i set up five hurdles on the track 
And whatever workout they did, I did the same thing, except I just alternated laps going over hurdles. Yeah. And that's, that is nuts. Like he's just running 5k pace with these guys. And he was an Olympian. And he was an Olympian. So that's what I'm doing this year with you. 61s over hurdles every other lap on the track. I look, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, And that's, I feel like that's kind of, if you look at Evan Yeager and even Sean McGordy's like Mm. success in steeplechase, you know, where it's like. I don't know how much they're actually doing over barriers in workouts, you know, where it's like, sure, it's probably very important. Like, I don't know too much about the steeplechase, to be honest, but I think at the end of the day, like, if you are in 1325K shape, that's going to help you way Mm -hmm. more than anything else. If you are strong enough to run, you know, and click off those 67s Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, um, like, that's going to help the most. I think, yeah, really these next these next eight weeks are really just like kind of like hurdle camp of like get the drills and the proper form and some like new things that I like want to introduce that I need to talk about with Joan. Joan was also a hurdle coach in high school. So she knows plenty. And so was Grace. Grace Hunter was a hurdler in high school too. So maybe she can come out to some of our workouts. Shout out Grace Hunter. 300 meter hurdler. Um, (laughs) It's Drew Hunter's uh, sister. Every, every time I talk about like a drill with coach, she's like, I did that with my high school athletes. I'm like, perfect. So I'm going to run sub 820 this year. Um, and so I just like kind of have like a routine established that I really want to go in on just like limber the hips and get the form going. And then after that, like really doesn't matter whether I run over hurdles or not in workouts, yeah. obviously I'll be doing a certain routine a couple times a week, but really it's just like, you got to be smart and strong up here, like in between the hurdles. So that's really where I want to be. Like, I really want to be pushing myself in workouts with you. Again, this is a conversation I need to have with Joan. So Joan, if you're watching this, please cover your ears. Um, I just, you know, I, I want to be very fit in between the hurdles because I know I'm efficient over the hurdles. And I feel like last year we kind of had that little bit of a transition where I, told, where I told her, hey, like I want to do more 5K like type workouts. Right. I don't feel like I need to hurdle as much because that's not really like my priority at this point. And we kind of did some of that, but we also did a lot of hurdle stuff that I feel like really left some like workouts to be desired. Obviously like you finish them. I was like, that felt great. That was good. But when it came to race day, I feel like there was still something a bit missing. Mm-hmm. So I like, I learned from that and I really want to help have that like be applied to this summer. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really, kind of I'm really excited to go to both those races with you. Like I'm also planning to, do... yeah, what are you doing this year, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also planning to do that May six race sound running. I feel like, it might not be the same fireworks that it was last year with the likes of Jakob and my boy Mo um, up front there, just yeah. looking all around, just having the absolute race of his yeah. life. Uh, but I still think it's going to be a great race. Like I assume with the, I mean, where OAC goes, it's going to be well, fast. They're, they're, host, you know? they're like sponsoring they're hosting it. They so it's like, to, yeah, at this point. yeah, they're going to, someone's going to be there. Yeah. And I assume a lot of them will do the 1500. So then I assume some of them will, be keen to come back and help pace are you doing 5K? inevitably someone yeah. yeah i'll probably do the 5k there you know like i haven't like locked anything in yet where it's like 5k there or 5k at like i basically need one more really good outdoor 5k mm-hmm. to like qualify for worlds i want to get the time out right kind of like what you were saying yeah it's like I, I just don't want there to i like i don't want to leave any chance yeah you know sure. at the end of the day like if i can run it's funny because the world standard is 1306 this year and then the Olympic standard is 1305. So they really, yeah. really notched it down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they just didn't say 1305 across the board for the right. next two years and just set the precedent. But um, that's the standard and it's, and it's one where it's like, I feel like I built this great base from the indoor season to run 1312, uh, 739. 
and then kind of unexpectedly go to European indoors after, you know, like some really sad stuff happened, you know, like us finding out about, Mm -hmm. you know, like Reed's uh, wife, Christine, having stage four cancer. Um, That was like a huge roller coaster and emotion for all of us, you know, like hit us all through the heart. Um, And, you know, Reed's, I think she went through a second round of chemo um, recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And they're out in Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic right now going through all of that. Um, so we all, we all definitely were running with some pretty like heavy hearts and like a lot more like stress where it's like, Christine's one of our close friends, For sure. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not just like Christine's wife, you know, it's like Reed's a wife, great, yeah. yeah, sorry, Reed's wife. And it's like, she's an amazing person and just like a light in this world yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Um, and I think that also was like something that when our, when that, when we got that news, like, I think that hit all of us hard For sure. and like was something where it wasn't something where all of us could all of a sudden just like go like rip races all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know? And like, yeah. certainly for me, like I felt like after just basically like not being able to finish runs, you know, just like in tears, mm-hmm. you know, like thinking about it, running by myself. Um, I just was like, there's no way I could fly overseas right now. And like, for race at a national championship for sure you know there was like no question like emotionally i could have done that um and my body certainly was telling me that too Mm -hmm. yeah like i tried to do like a long that long run that we talked about at the beginning where we Mm -hmm. like progress every 30 minutes yeah and i got to that last 30 minute like shtick and i ran like 530 for one mile and then right back down to 540 right and then i just remember like looking at my watch and it was like 605 is that the one we did at lagerman no, this is me by myself oh, okay. back at home Got after it. Milrose games oh, in New yes. York. Okay, yeah. yeah. After after New York, because yeah. I dropped your ass on one. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that was bad. <laughs> that was a With horrible the, I, day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I came off these races feeling so shitty, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, we worked out together. That was the worst run <laughs> I've had in a minute, bro. That, I don't drop you a lot, but when I do, <laughs> holy crap! Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That that and Connor dropped me on that workout before, so that's definitely an untapped strength territory yeah, for me. For sure. But that was a cold day in yeah, hell. Quite was, literally. Was, it was freezing. Like yeah, my face was frozen. I didn't like I took my remember we like I took my tights off. Yeah. So I could like really idea. get moving for yeah, the for the fast idea. part and my legs just froze. We were all standing there for <laughs> ten minutes waiting for you to get your tights off without yeah. taking off your shoes. Uh, but Oh, that was bad. Yeah, Mil Milro seemed to like really do a number on you and Drew. Like yes. Yeah. Like, well, Drew, was, reason, well, Drew yeah. was sick, you know, so like Drew probably shouldn't have even raced Milrose and mm-hmm. certainly shouldn't have raced outdoor championships or indoor championships USA's like mm-hmm. that was really tough to watch him going through that, you know, like Drew's had kind of like what you said, he's kind of just had like a hand tied behind his back now for mm-hmm. longer than he would like where right. it seems like he got sick and then it lingers and it just sticks, you know, yeah. it's like the way Drew's like coughing before practice and stuff just like sucks to hear yeah, that like sure. mucus that just like will not get out of his mm-hmm. lungs. Yeah. Um, so like, and I don't know if I got a little bit of that rooming with him at Milrose and then the news about Christine, it just like wiped me out. Yeah. For you know, sure. and then I talked to the German Federation, like, they're just so incredibly supportive. Like I'm so grateful for them. Mm -hmm. And I basically told them, I was like, I just laid it out. Mm -hmm. What I just did for all of you. Like, it's like, this is what's going on in my life. Like 
I'm re- like my legs are not there. I'm not coming to national championships. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Like I never want to pass up on an opportunity to like be there and get like the German running fans excited. Mm-hmm. Like I had a ton of DMs and messages like on Strava and stuff being like can't wait to like see right. you race for the first time and stuff. Yeah. And like that stuff is so heartbreaking. Good job. When dude. all of a sudden Good you can't <laughs> go and do that, you know, because broke a kid's heart. Yeah, right. Uh, hopefully get to make it up outdoors, yeah. but uh then all of a sudden they basically said like okay like we'll we support you 100 percent and we'll just see for europeans mm-hmm. like what happens at german championships with like qualifying and stuff right if we select you or not they ended up selecting me um so it's like a very spur of the moment thing to go and do that race and the race is like like the prelim felt amazing like i felt like i was ready to set the world on fire yeah you know after that race i was like you look great i was like i'm you went straight to the back yeah i mean that you was Ingi. yeah J- yeah Jakob. uh I just knew what he does. Like yeah. I've, I've been, I've raced him so many times now right. and I've watched enough of his races where I'm like in prelims, he goes right to the back mm-hmm. and stays out of trouble. Right. And then just demolishes everyone over the last 800, 400, whatever it is. Oh, I don't know if you watched the 1500, but he literally waited to the last 200 to go from last to first. That's what I'm and saying. Yeah. He just conserves as much emotional and mental energy because that's what those yeah. prelims are. They're emotional energy. Right. And I thought you were, I thought he was going to do the same thing in the 3K when he went to the back. Like, and you were Parsons. right. And you were behind him. I was like, Parsons, like, you like should be making this final, but I don't yeah. know if it's in that last 200 with Ingy, you know? Yeah. I was so, like, oh shit. Like, so, like, I have, like, kind of alluding back to kind of what I keep bringing up is like, I didn't run faster than like a 27 second 200 yeah. all this winter. Mm-hmm. Like there's not too many opportunities just weather wise for right. us to do yeah. that in general. Um, where it's like, it's kind of a risk running that fast. Well, I think like a 28 in the cold is basically a 26. In yeah, the exactly. I'm serious. We'll like I'm dead we'll take, serious. We'll take that conversion. Uh, but I just ran really confident mm-hmm. and uh, just followed him to the promised land. And then I thought, I was very confident after the race. I was like, oh, I'm meddling, like, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, looking at the heat, looking at the race, watching the heat before, being like, uh, a lot of these guys didn't look as sh- that sharp, mm-hmm. you know, that I thought would be sharper. Um, and then in the final, I, like, woke up the next morning for my prelim, and I was, like, sore. Right. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, how are my muscles tight right now? Because you raced. Like, yeah, race, <laughs> yeah. but it's, like, kind of this same thing where it's, like, after Boston, I like mm. the long run was miserable. Right. You know, like I wasn't recovered. Uh, after Milrose, it took me to almost two weeks. Mm. Obviously, there was more than just the physical factor going right. on after that. But then it was this. It was like same thing. Like, how are my calves like wrecked right now? Yeah. So I kind of was just like conserving in the final and just like hoping I was going to like get at the end and like ready for my legs to pop, mm-hmm. which like it wasn't the race and I gave it everything I had. And like, unfortunately, yeah. like it wasn't there. Like, yeah, when Jakob runs 355 for his last mile, you know, like yeah. it's a hard thing to match, right, yeah. you know, um, and it took a sub four last mile to medal mm-hmm. you know and i ran 403 last mile so i'm so proud of the effort and it's kind of like what i tell you you know mm-hmm. like all the time where it's like look like no matter how you race and like no matter what the outcome is like whether it's really great or really bad or mediocre like i would say that race was for me like you have to be proud of yourself for the effort mm-hmm. and like that would be my biggest advice for anyone out there that's racing always be proud of yourself for the effort because at the end of the day you traveled there you took on all the stress before a race and that is something to be proud of because putting yourself out there, running is you versus you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. And that is something you can't just pass the ball away or just hope someone else gets it done. You know, it is you versus you. So yeah. 
any time that you get out there and you give it your best effort, whether it's a shit day at sound running mm-hmm. or it's an amazing day um, on the roads at Manchester, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to be proud of yourself for, sure. for the yeah. effort that you put in. And I feel like a lot of people lose sight of that when it's not their best day. Yeah. I mean, boiling it down to the last, to that one day is not always worth it. You know, yeah. obviously if you have a great day, it's worth celebrating, you know, worth like taking in the idea that like this preparation worked, but at the same time, like you can't like have a bad day and think like everything I've done is just a waste. Like yeah. it, you can't chalk it up to that one day. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah, so um, that long tangent, I'm nice going into the outdoor season. Very excited with that base, you know. Did you get good points like from that from that race from it from I had the, final? the point system. I think is so stupid for so many reasons. Um, just because like I do think that should have been weighted more than mm-hmm. my Milrose race in in some respects. Yeah. Um, but the Milrose is more points, and you can only take one indoor race interesting okay for a 5k race. but you ran faster at milrose so it works out in your favor right yeah sure Um, so you shouldn't even have gone the europeans in the first place is what you're yeah you know like i felt like i I, once i found out that no other yeah i know (laughs) once i found out no other germans were going in the 3k that made me feel even more responsible Mm -hmm. to go and like have representation there and have like the German fan base be able to watch a 3k and mm-hmm. have something to cheer for, for sure you know yeah. and like that also had that sense of like pride to like get it done for that but I'm just super excited to be like healthy coming yeah off of all that that's all that matters you know where it's like I did the indoor season indoor season is kind of this very short one month time period where it's mm-hmm. like you either hit it or you don't and right I'm really stoked I was able to hit it this year so I kind of have this like cushion of luxury where it's like I only need one more like really good outdoor 5k yeah like time wise mm-hmm. from like a points qualification to like make it to Budapest this right. year. So I sit in this place of luxury now because of that indoor mm-hmm. season, which I did not have last year. Right. Yeah. Like last year's indoor season, like I was panicking last year. Rat race last you know? year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it was like panic fitness going into indoor season. And then it was in a way panic fitness going into outdoor season being mm-hmm. like, I need to hit this sound right. running race, yeah. you know? And I kind of laid flat there again where I missed the break and mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough to go with the yeah. break first off, but I'm really excited to go back to sound. Always an amazing atmosphere and great race. And then I'll do a 15 or 5K at one of the two, mm-hmm. depending on how it plays out. Yeah. Um, and then I'll ship out to Europe. My sister's getting married in France to a nice man. I mean, uh, Alex. Yeah. Max is actually coming. He's doing the wedding videography. So yeah. uh, that's going to be fun. We'll, we'll have to film like a France. I'm sure my sister will be fine if we just leave the videography and he does like a day in the life like workout exactly day in the life of training during the wedding during a wedding yeah (laughs) my sister's getting married and i did 20 by 4 max is a videographer so we're gonna double dip a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah um we should do another european summer of fun in june yes but that's what i was gonna get at is like so i'm gonna be in europe in that time period of june basically all of june i plan to be in europe and i hope to be able to do some diamond leagues like oslo and lusanne out there um, and we had that amazing experience last yeah. year, your first time being mm-hmm. out at St. Moritz. We trained together another time. I've suckered you in to come yep. and train with me yep. um, at altitude. Didn't take much. And that was, a, that was a huge bucket list for you, I know. For sure. Was to get yeah. out there and do those races. Like, tell me about that experience. You know, being in these kind of little dinky races in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. You didn't even know what races you were doing before you even, like, left, basically. Yeah, I left with zero schedule or <laughs> yeah. itinerary. I don't know if that's me sucking or if that's just the nature <laughs> of it. Like, uh, but no, uh, Brad Ewer, who works under Flynn Sports, did an incredible job of just like making sure everything was organized. And I finally got to meet him at 5K Champs. So I'm indebted to that guy for um, 
There was some blind faith work. there. Yeah, there was sure. a huge blind faith. I was on a <laughs> bus from Budapest to Croatia thinking like, I hope I'm in this race because yeah. I'm not really sure, <laughs> you know, it's a five hour bus drive. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Like I've always wanted to travel the world and, you know, coming out of college, I thought that running could be a potential way to do that. Um, a cheaper option of a way to do that. And it was just so much fun just to like, it was just, it was a great way to just be present because I couldn't like speak half the time. Like I couldn't always express like just, I couldn't like, I don't know how to put it. Like I kind of felt like I was just like a passenger of just like Hmm. exploring a country where I like can just like be a fly in the wall and just see everything that was going on. And it wasn't like necessarily about like me, this wasn't my trip. This was me just like experiencing things beyond my scope of understanding of what I typically would not see. And so I thought that was really cool where it's like, you know, I didn't speak the language of any country, you know, like even if I went to Spain, I probably couldn't get by that well (laughs) with my Spain. I could get by, but like not great with my Spanish as like, you know, you would with German when we were in Switzerland and Germany, which was great. But it just like was really nice just to like be so observant of everything that was going on. Yeah. And you know, I'll never forget that. And it was cool to race too. Like some of these races were dinky, you know, like that, yeah. that steeplechase in Budapest was like a dinky ass race. <laughs> and, but Hey, I got to Budapest before you did. So That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like such a cool experience. And then like it all culminated again, like Brad coming through, getting me in a two K steeple and a gold label race against El Bacali yeah. and a couple of other really good guys that like yeah, I now crazy, know. Huh? It was it's crazy being on the starting line yeah. with like that level. You and know? He, I don't say I won't, I'll chalk it up as like, it's Ollie Horace definition of racing El Bacali where I was in that race, but I was not racing him, you know, yeah. like, that's Ollie Horace definition <laughs> yeah. of racing, you know? Um, and, uh, it was just so cool because he, I mean, he was 10 meters in front right away because he's trying to run 62s for the world record and the rest right. of us were running 65, 66s. But um, it, it was just an awesome experience. And I also got to meet a lot of like, you know, US-based runners that were um, like just really good people I had never known or met or talked to. And so it was really cool. Yeah. And yeah, in Budapest, <laughs> I actually sat with the throwers more than um, I sat with the distance runners for well, like throwers. Years. Throwers are just distance runners yeah. just with a different body type, right? right. Like that's yeah. what people always say. God, I've I'm, always found that true. I'm completely blanking on his name. Who's the Italian guy? The Italian thrower. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, I'm uh, so upset because I... Chubby Diamonds, right? Yeah. On Instagram or something. Ponzio. Nick, Nick Ponzio. Ponzio. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I like I, I like had like a little fanboy moment with Ponzio. I was like, hey, I'll be honest because he's from Southern California. And yeah. so we're the same age. And so at the California State meet, I was like... Hey, Nick, I'll be honest. Like I've been watching you throw since California state meet 2013 <laughs> Yeah, because I saw you throw it out of the freaking ring the and yeah. I had followed his career at USC and then beyond yeah. that. And it was really cool to be able to do that. And he yeah. didn't seem too fussed about that idea. So. Yeah. And then the other guy that I didn't even know standing next to him was like the world bronze medalist, the world silver medalist. I forget right. his name. I was like, Oh shit. Like I should have been fanboying over that guy. Yeah, but yeah. Great, great guys. The throwers. No, so. that's that's it was something, a healthy experience. It's something that I cherish so much, and I feel like when you're in Europe, you know, it, you kind of band together mm-hmm. with people a little bit more. Yeah, you for know, sure. Where you're like familiar, you know, someone that you don't know, maybe like friendship wise, yeah. but you know of them, so right. you then get together and meet and inevitably party afterwards, and you know, party. do some stuff. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's yeah. something I love about running, for and sure. I feel like that's when you're overseas like that. Like that's what you really get is mm-hmm. you kind of like get everyone kind of coming together. For sure. Like at St. Moritz, it's like show up at the track nine thirty, you know, yeah. and there's going to be ten pros that you know of or at least know their results, and they're going to be going out for easy runs yeah. and 
everyone's cool like just yeah link up with them you know so yeah i feel like that like solidified like a good like friendship between like a friendly rivalry between us and on even though on's like killing it right now mm-hmm. and like i feel like we're still like working to be at that level but just like being able to hang out with them in st moritz and then i got to hang out with morgan mcdonald a lot in croatia yeah. like really helped solidify that friendship where like we like have good people out here in boulder For that sure. we could just like you know there are times when we kind of have to be away from the team, you know, and mm-hmm. like, it's tough to have friends outside of the team in a yeah. place that you've never lived before, you know? Yeah. So like having those guys is like awesome to like oh, yeah, have those friendships sure. with and seeing them at the track and not feeling like it's like a turf war, you know, like we can show up oh, to yeah. Niwot and we're like dapping them all up, you know, and giving yeah, them exactly. hugs, seeing how they're doing. I got great. to, uh, <laughs> I got to do, uh, I should have brought this story up with, uh, or maybe it would have been a bad memory just cause I've never actually talked to Clecker about it. Uh, but I like I like worked out with on guys a few times, yeah. Like out in St. Moritz, uh, kind of after uh, we split ways right, after yeah. European outdoors, and I was kind of out there by myself then at that point. Uh, but we did this workout, and I wish I could remember the workout. Uh, but it was like me, Klecker, and Dominic. Yeah, uh, Dominic, I don't know like, his last name. Yeah, he was like second in the diamond league final in the 5k ran like 720 something in the three runs for like, switzerland right yeah, yeah yeah or he's like trying to get a swiss mm-hmm. citizenship but he's a spectacular runner and amazing athlete yeah. but we're doing this workout together where i think it was like eight by 200 and then it was like my repeats and then it was like eight by 200 mm-hmm. at the end or yeah. something and we like get to these my repeats and like i am feeling great and like clucker had been dealing with some like fatigue you yeah. know and some stuff and we dropped him. Yeah. Like the, and a part of it was because like we, Dominic and I were going faster than what Dathan assigned mm-hmm. and and Klecker was staying true to what he should have had. Yeah. But Klecker always is ready to push past what yeah. the coach gives him. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's always ready to go that five seconds faster than what the split was. Well, assigned, he had mentioned you know? that like Dominic was like really like putting it to them in these workouts exactly. and that, like yeah. that accumulates over time like if you're up at you know 6500 feet yeah like, that's gonna get to you and i'm just point. coming off like the high of getting six at europeans right. like you're i'm i'm certainly in the best shape of my life at this point um you speak the local language you're doing just fine in switzerland <laughs> you know and uh and like i went to go like dap up klecker afterwards mm-hmm. like after we had dropped him in the mile repeats and this is you know I don't think I'll ever drop Klecker ever again in a workout. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like if anything, he's definitely going to get his revenge right. on me this next summer in mm-hmm. St. Moritz. Uh, but he just like, I like, go into like hit his hand and he's like holding his shoes and he just like hits my hand with his yeah. shoe uh, in like frustration. And uh, I, I was like, yep, I deserve that one. You he's know, because he invited yeah. me to work out with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden having like me and Dominic pushing the pace, like I would have been fucking pissed. Yeah. Too. You know, like I would have been pissed too. But uh, that was just a little little Europe story. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's talk about that real quick. Um, yeah. What are we at a time here? We're like seventy minutes. We've been here wow. for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're still listening, you're a real one, um, and you're gonna hear us ramble just a little bit more. And I guess we'll try to go through this quickly. Okay. Um, we'll Five ten. We have to move on. All right. Perfect. <laughs> ten minutes. Uh, from now. The state of. <laughs> All right. I feel like the state of Boulder, Colorado running has changed so much mm-hmm. since when you first came here, and not just boulder colorado like professional running scene but also in flagstaff and across the board like if you look at the teams and what they were and what they shaped up to be when you first came out Mm -hmm. here to what they are now yeah are completely different like the landscape has completely changed and it just goes to show the turnover in this sport Mm -hmm. is crazy and it goes back 
to talking about kind of your resiliency in the sport and how you've stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, o- OAC was not here. Mm-hmm. You know, like Team Boss was just starting, and like they had girls. and they had like Nick Harris, Trip Hurt, Morgan McDonald, like on their men's team. Morgan like, wasn't even out here when I came out here. It was like Emma, yeah. Aisha. Um, it was kind of just some good friends all Sarah training under Joe Boss. No, no, she was no, still no, with no, Colorado no. Yeah. and Wetmore. Like it was like yeah, they were thin. Yeah, like they were. Sorry, they were a small team. Yeah, <laughs> that's a horrible way of putting it. I apologize. They were a I'm small so team. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> and then uh, you know there was Hudson, mm-hmm. Hudson Elite, yep. which was kind of like uh, the staple team that everyone watched their Instagrams. Yeah. Like a hawk. They were just, on their way yeah. out for sure. Um, yeah, they were deteriorating with Hudson, kind of jumping all over the place with Allie and his coaching at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Roots Running was like kind of this Noah Drotti and the development right. guys, yeah. you know, like all like building up. And mm-hmm. like now they're in such a state of like they are a legit, mm-hmm. legit team, you know, right. like marathon team, like crushing it. Like I know they had some great performances with Frank and those guys at the 10K. Like they just have built their team out so they're strong. They're great, now. like 10K to marathon team. Yeah. And like they even have good performances like yeah. in 5K. And even Douglas is running yeah. 357s. Like, yeah. Like, it's his freaking job, you know, like, mm-hmm. that kid's due for a breakout, yeah. which I'm really excited for. But, yeah, they're – across the board, they're doing great, so. Yeah. Um, and then I even look at it where I'm, like, with the other teams where I'm, like, Under Armour. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a thing. and Or maybe it just started. <laughs> right. You know? That wasn't a thing. Like, <laughs> Under Armour? But Are you kidding team, me? But, like, Mission, <laughs> Mission Baltimore has – had a spectacular season like they are the breakout team of the last six months without a doubt okay jacob thompson neil Gurley, silver medalist um, under armor in general because there's like mission run well, dark I would sky say the mission run. i'll say the flagstaff okay. team yeah. just specifically just for the moment like, yeah. like oh for sure dark like sky jacob for sure. winning um championship sharon Lochetti, uh marathon. You know, marathon like everyone is just ripping it crushing it yeah uh lalo joins and runs 13 10 first mm-hmm. day out gets second or third at usa's like they're smashing it but look like if you look at mission when they first launched their team mm-hmm. you know like with pat casey and blake haney like they have a completely different team now right yeah from when they launched 100%. like there's very few people that are on their original team launch than what they are now and you could say the same about nz elite mm-hmm. you know like right nz elite was revamp. like fobble and rory and stuff and it's like it's crazy that our team has stayed pretty much the same Mm -hmm. you know throughout um any other observations with that i think really it's just like brands are realizing what happens when you dump a bunch of money into the sport like on Mm -hmm. like set the precedent like we are just i don't know i do know where they get all the money because it's like just they're apparel is so popular in europe i feel like and their shoes are so popular in general i mean we saw it when we were in europe it was like I mean, we sold a ton of, when I was working at Boulder Running Company, like all I had to do was say like, it's a good airport shoe and yeah. they were selling it, you know, like you didn't, have, it wasn't even a running shoe per se. Yeah. And now that they have good running shoes, yeah, you like can it's put selling in the suitcase like this. Yeah. It's selling even more. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you, do you see this? Uh, I mean, like they've just dumped so much money into the sport, not even just like with their athletes, but like with, it just seems like that Dathan can go everywhere. And mm. that's just a part of like a huge budget for Dathan. My voice is cracked like yeah. six times in this <laughs> podcast. Um, like they just, they're shelling out money f- for this team to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it shows like they're yeah. sponsoring meets, like the brand's name is out there. Like, and it's just like, I feel like 
No, it's been great to see that. It's just like continually getting sport. those returns. Yeah. Like they are getting so much popularity right now. And it's showing. I see frat boys at 24-hour fitness wearing the on shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, 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 do you see these? Adidas SLs are way better. Um, no, but like – and I feel like NAZ did a full revamp and started dumping a ton of money yeah. into their team, which is great. Like hiring um, Culpepper as the coach. I don't even know like, if they like dumped a bunch of money in their team if it was more just like reallocating the money. Maybe, Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's probably it. And I feel like Under Armour, like I feel like Under Armour dumped some money into their yeah, team. Yeah, Under Armour like, definitely reinvested because they and just signed even a ton of like, people. And Puma the, too, you know. Yeah, like, and Puma too. Puma yeah. and then NJNY, you know, um, not not around anymore now. Empire Elite, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, it's just crazy how much the sport has changed, kind of in the time in this such a short time period, and it really makes you think. Like OTC. Not Gone. a thing yeah. anymore, you know. For sure. Like, um, or I guess rebranded now with the new gen guys, mm-hmm. um, and Bowerman. You know, like, ba- like if you would have told me Bowerman would only have like two or three girls on their mm-hmm. team right now, like when we first joined, when they had like yeah. seemingly sweeping every podium spot, it was. Well, it's, I would have never dreamt to, that. To be frank, it's a nightmare now. To be yeah, sure. like it has to be a nightmare to be on that team now. Yeah, with how many people have left, you would like, think. Like, you know? if you could keep, like, imagine, like, for us, just changing coaches was a nightmare. Oh you know, gosh, with that yeah. kind of scrutiny and constant, oh like, my gosh, yeah. just like backlash to, like, be yeah. in their position now. Where, oh, like, it's a ton of stress yeah. that they carry all the time. Like, I'm sure. You know, like, I hope they run well, but, like, it's, it's, it's hard to run well under those circumstances, yeah. especially when your coach has, like, now completely different priorities of yeah. being the director of the Oregon's, yeah. Oregon team. Like, yeah, that's going to be tough. So. I know, uh, and, and, and we can segue this now with uh, showing some love to a few people. I don't know if you thought of anyone. Yeah. Um, no, I have a couple people. With, uh, I like to always show a little bit of love on these podcasts to someone else out there. And I wanted to show some love to two people. Um, first being um, Athanas Kyoko, um, our boy, just looking so strong. Mm-hmm. Like he was in the 5K at BU with me in uh, – what what was it like end of january Mm -hmm. and like he had a he had a rough day you know like he ran like 13 25 or Mm -hmm. something you know like he went out hard and he died Mm -hmm. and he just been like clipping away getting better and better ever since and he didn't give up Mm -hmm. you know like he didn't give up after that big day yeah after that mediocre day and then i i just finally went back and watched the 10k at sound yeah and it's like dude for you to pace like that Mm -hmm. get dropped off the pace and stay in it and then right. come back and like beat guys like Connor Mance right. and stuff. And like, did you see his last, his like Selly? No, I didn't. Dude, he is just like full on yeah. blades and then just <laughs> full on arm extension as if he just won an Olympic medal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like finishing. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. You deserve to Selly like that mm-hmm. after you just paced out up front, like pressing 64, 65. Yeah, you hard. know, it's like, it's freaking hard. Jesus, bro. That. Yeah. And then the second, I want to give some love to my boy Amos. Bottesmeyer. Um, he's my roommate at Euro Indoors. He had a shitty day at Euro Indoors tactically. Um, but, you know, it was just great getting to like talk to him. And just he is such an underrated runner um, this indoor season. He ran 13-17 5K in December. Mm-hmm. And then he runs 350 in the mile. Yeah. He wins Lilac. D- destroyed everyone at German Championships. Just class of the field there. Um and it was just great getting to catch up with him and talk to him about his transition, yeah. like from Bowerman and then like leaving. Like I know a lot of that for him was um, Eugene, you mm-hmm. know, and like he lives in Portland and that like trip down for sure. like is just really hard, you know, yeah. um, to go do that. Uh, so that's been great for him to like transition onto that team and have immediate success under Pete Julian. Right. Shout out. Um, so yeah, those are my uh, 
That's great. Yeah. That was really special. Thank yeah. you for sharing. <laughs> uh, what do you got? Who you want to share I, I, I also have two. Um, we'll go a little bit further back. The first one, Jackson Sharp qualified nice. for uh, NCAA indoors in the 3K. Mm-hmm. Because I paced it. <laughs> no, I paced the first. I paced the first twelve hundred, and then Avila took him through like probably like twenty four hundred, which was awesome. Yeah. And um, I say Jackson Sharp because there was a lot of pressure on me from McBurn <laughs> to hit the right splits. I hit thirty one, thirty one, thirty one, thirty one. Like what? What did he? What was McBurn like? Oh, Mick was well. So I like this I, is just going to be a two part podcast. Yeah. I just decided right now that I don't want to stop this conversation. So um, you're listening. If, if you're still here, you're listening to part two. <laughs> we are here at the midnight hour. Was, yeah. Sorry. That was weird. I wanted to be a radio DJ. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was in the hotel. Well, like Mick like told me I was going to pace, uh, but I wasn't sure what I was going to pace. So I like texted him. I was like, hey. This was in Chicago. This was 5K in Chicago after the context. 5K. So after the 5K, I like went up to him. I was like, hey, am I pacing tomorrow? He's like, yes, I'll let you know what you're pacing. And I was like, okay. So the morning comes. I still hadn't heard from him. So I texted him. I was like, Mick, wherever you need me today, I'm in because I had a bad 5k. I was like willing and able to do whatever. I was like, whatever you, wherever you need me, multiple races, mile three K. I don't give a damn. Just I'm in. He's like, great. Like I'll like, he's like, great. Like sounds good. Be on this bus. And so I go down to get on the bus and he's there and he like links me up with like the director of ops slash assistant coach. And he's like, what do you think? Like we, Joey's got like, what do you think he can do? And he's, and the guy was like, well, or the assistant coach, I forget his name. Unfortunately, also a super nice guy. Um, he was like, well, we do need somebody to pace Jackson for the three K. Cause he's pretty much like the only what one. What did you have race. to take him through? We had to take him through, uh, like right under four ten okay. was like what we wanted. And then yeah. go a little bit more. He's like, well, like we need him for, we could use somebody for the three K or we could use somebody for the second heat of three K. We just need to have somebody somewhere. Mix like, right. Mix like, do you think you can run 408, 409 and then hang on for two K and for some reason, two K. Yeah, he for Dang. some for some reason, like he was like, "How are you feeling?" I was like, "I feel okay." And then I don't know why I decided to have all the confidence in the world at this point. But all yeah, I, we're still going. Yeah, we're, we're still. We'll just cut this part out. All, <laughs> all I all I I looked this man dead in the eye, Mick Byrne. I looked Mick Byrne dead in the eye and said, "Well, I broke four the day after running a steeplechase, so I think I can do anything that you <laughs> yeah. give me." I said that, and he was like, "Cool, you're pacing the fast seat." And I was First, like, perfect fast seat, two K. You got and, it. Immediately, I was like, "I regret this." Yeah. <laughs> so, McBurn uh, yeah. is an intense dude. Now, I remember like getting recruited. Like I talked to him a little bit, like before Wisconsin, and I, and I remember just being like, "Yeah, this isn't this, this isn't the coach for me." <laughs> so he took Raleigh like, Gagger instead, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I took the sweetheart Raleigh yeah. Gagger instead. But yeah, so I paced through twelve hundred, and Avila Avila said he wanted to take him through two K. So I was like, "That's fine. I'll take him through. I'll take you guys through twelve. I'll hop off because I don't feel great. Then you can take him through two K and beyond." And I nailed it. And Avila nailed it, and Jackson Sharp came and brought it home and ran mm-hmm. 744.1, which was like half a second under the 16th fastest Dang. time. So he like he, he closed in 58, so he did a great job. Yeah, and awesome. that made me look really good. So shout out Jackson nice. Sharp. He's nice. also a great guy. TME yeah. watch list, as you used to say. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have that guy on the team. He's, he's a good Is he presence. a senior? I don't know. He might be okay. a junior. He's still kind of young, I think. But he's such, such a great presence, and he's, he's, he's quiet. He's like Cam almost. You know, every Australian yeah. is like Cam at this point. Um, <laughs> So yeah, shout out to him. And Most then, Australians aren't quiet though. Yeah, I guess so. Ollie has a big mouth, you could say. So <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to laugh. It's supposed to be a joke. It's funny. <laughs> I like Ollie. He's a great guy. Um, good friend. Friend of the pod. 
What's uh, the second one? Second one's Ben Flanagan because I saw nice. him in Chicago and in again. My he had a crazy game. indoor season. He had a, he had a, a like he had some yeah. like crazy highs and some like crazy right. lows. Yeah, but I got to. They just like yeah. raced a lot for and sure. I think that just catches up. Yeah, no, that's definitely what he said. He said he was a bit burnt out, but he was like going to reset and be ready to go for the 10K. So I talked to him in Chicago where he said that. And I talked to him at Sound in the 10K, and both times like coming off of like very like awful like. Lot, Awful performance of the 10K, lackluster performance of the 5K. The dude was just like so supportive and like so high energy and like that. You. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like the mayor of a track meet. Like after I talked to him, he was talking to like 15 other people that That's I awesome. had never seen in my life. Yeah. So this guy is just like such a personable guy, like very like very humble person. Like he's an NCAA champion. You know, he has all the reason to like be a dick and yeah. like not like, <laughs> talk to people. But even before his race, he was talking to everybody, chatting everybody up, and it was just really cool to see. Like and it's it's as somebody who like has like a tough time feeling like they belong in the sport sometimes yeah. not as much now but definitely like back then it's always great to see the people that you watched in the nca just like be such like humble and like great people so mm-hmm. flanagan's always been that kind of guy yeah, to me, which is great awesome. so flanagan's shout awesome. out to ben flanagan he, uh, he lived up to the very nice track club name i guess he is very say. nice that's a good point all right, let's let's uh, I don't know maybe let's wrap this up here. We could um, with a little NCAA uh, rundown. Uh, we'll keep this short. We'll see. Uh, let's do some picks um, and some sleepers. Thank you, Sam, our editor, for sitting here this whole time. Thank you, Joey, for joining me straight after dry needling and sitting down with me for this two-hour. Uh, you owe me dinner now. Saga. You want to come over? Morgan, cook some bolognese. Maybe a little katan after? Shoot. I'm in. Yeah. Hot tub. We'll hit it. I'm maybe out for a lot. All right. All right. Let's all go. All right. Ahead. That's all a wrap. Right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, and if you are still listening, you are an absolute real one. Thank you so much. Um, go enjoy your day. Go get some fresh air. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and not inside. But uh, No, I know you're procrastinating your run. Get out of the yeah. house now. It is time to go. Go run. <laughs> Yeah, go run and maybe maybe double. If you're listening this afternoon, go double. Uh, or maybe go lift or jump in a sauna or something. All right, that's it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. That was two hours. Okay, okay, here we go. We do this every day.